0: I like Bloody Marys. I like cold soup. I will eat SpaghettiOs out of a can.
1: I mean, yeah, I'll do that too. I'm also
2: (laughs) a trash can. How is that?
0: You just like cold soup with cold noodles in it. You're not fucking better than me, Dave. No more, no
2: more. There are good movies and there are great movies, but that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. (laughs) <laughs> we are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find, centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Ella, And Casey.
0: Elva
2: Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. What's this
1: month's theme, Dave? Well, we are back from our yearly hiatus, and we need to get into things proper. We're shitty cinema, so we need to go to one of the lords and saviors of the art form, Mr. Nicholas Cage. Sir Nicholas Cage, has he been knighted? He's a knight in my heart.
0: Oh, uh, not in mine. (laughs) (laughs) Not in mine.
1: Either way, it is uncaged month, baby. We're all about Nicholas Cage, and it's going to be a very long one to get through. Wow, is he a lot.
0: He's so much. Thank you for saying that because we're like 45 minutes into this movie and I'm like, it's almost over, right? uh, Like, oh my (laughs) God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I get a. He uh, stops time.
1: Can I get a breather or something here, Nick? Like, give me a minute
2: here. I need a beat. Give me a minute. Last week we watched Con Air, but this week, Casey, what did you bring?
0: From 1988, we went to the catacombs. For *Vampire's Kiss*, starring n- not knighted Nicholas Cage, Jennifer Beals, Nicholas Cage, the, the titties of the cop from *Hard Target*. Yeah, we see you, girl. Um, yeah, that's that's. It was an experience had by all.
2: Well, Casey, we're gonna need an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in ten seconds or less. Here's your setup: You're out on the streets of New York. And Nick Cage is chasing after you, screaming, I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire!
0: Good, suck my dick.
2: In the 10 seconds before you decide to run into traffic to get away from him, sell us on this movie.
0: A yuppie mixes up his routine of casual sex and nightlife shenanigans with psychosis, rape, and murder. And this is a comedy, folks. Seven
2: seconds. It was hilarious. It's a horror comedy. I guess it's time to get uncaged this week and go over the movie that shitty cinema watched. Nick Cage's character, Peter Lowe, is the literary agent version of Patrick Bateman. His life of being a dick at work is contrasted with clubbing and cocaine. I guess as, as you're wont to do in the nineteen eighties.
0: Maybe mescaline. Maybe, Maybe a little mescaline. bit masculine. He lies he says he'd taken it, but like he seemed way too ready to have that one off the cuff.
2: Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. On the plus side, he does have a therapist to listen to his issues.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: he, he's he got a whole vampire thing coming up, so I would probably need a pretty good therapist to see for that, too.
2: <laughs> yeah. Fair. Fair.
1: Peter brings this girl, Rachel, home from the club for a little bit of the old hanky-panky, you know. She's mm-hmm. actually a vampire, and when she bites Peter's neck, he has an experience of, uh, the movie says it's ecstasy. I don't want to say what it is. It's just Nicolas Cage's mm. doing
2: it. No. It's Nicolas Cage's Vinegar Strokes. Don't lie to you.
0: Oh, okay. We're don't talking about two different things. I thought you are talking about his Bat Boner. We can <laughs> talk about that later, though. <laughs> no,
2: we'll talk about the Bat Boner later. This is too yeah. okay. early in the episode for the Bat Boner. But it's not that clear-cut. That's what's actually going on. The film has this TikTok cadence of giving Peter's fantastical experiences and then giving the audience doubt by framing it as a possible and or probable delusion. After the initial vampiric encounter, Peter has no marks on his neck. He even has a conversation to himself, framed as though he's having a conversation of the with the vampire that just bit him. So the movie implies that uh, maybe it's just a bit of fantasy. Maybe implies maybe Maybe. implies. Yeah,
0: that's uh... for about
1: ten more minutes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Do you remember every student film that came out in the year after Donnie Darko? You know how they were yeah. implying yeah. that it was Donnie Darko? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is about as subtle as that. Fair. Then Peter cuts himself
1: shaving and covers it up with a Band-Aid. Could that be a vampire bite? Huh?
0: <gasps> or Never worked with hickeys in my parents, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I caught myself shaving, ma.
1: Or is it just a shaving cut? You want to know the real problem, though? He went and shaved before he made his morning coffee. He is a monster.
0: That's true.
2: Yeah, why would you do that? It takes time to brew, and while you're shaving, you could come out to have your brew of coffee.
1: Sure, or you could wait until you've had your morning coffee, you goddamn mescaline junkie, because you need (laughs) some type of stimulant to not cut yourself. Fair. Peter starts reacting to sunlight, Freaking out at all mirrors and even buys himself some of those glow-in-the-dark plastic vampire teeth. Yeah, did his glow? They didn't actually. He didn't even. Okay, for the yeah,
0: no, models. he they, he could only afford three ninety-nine.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the like I did real bad on skee ball special.
2: I really hate how much of Nick Cage's character is just me as a child.
1: Yeah, did you get the like violent screaming mood swings of his too?
2: I'm not gonna say that I didn't. So, part of Peter's dissent is the escalating abuse that he doles out to his secretary, Alva. He yells at her, pulls forced overtime on her in in weird and totally uncomfortable ways, and admits that the task that he's given her to do is awful, but only for her, because he wants to be extra cruel to her.
0: Shows up at her fucking house.
2: Yeah, on top of all that, he lies to her about the nature of the task, pretending that there's a client upset that she hasn't completed it even though it's just him being a dick and he even goes to her home when she calls in sick to pretend to be nice to her just to lure her back to work to be a dick to her.
1: Peter's awful arc culminates in A Sexual Assault of Alva where Peter hallucinates that she's actually his vampire girlfriend from the beginning of the movie. After failing to kill himself in a scene that I am absolutely going to be fucking talking about.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Screaming. After that scene, Peter heads to the club in his new plastic fangs. Believing that he needs to feed, he kills a woman by biting out a chunk of her throat with his Chuck E. Cheese teeth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, he took those out. He puts them he back in afterwards. E. He had to take them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah they because got stuck.
2: putting them back in.
1: That's he had fair. to pull them out and put them back in his mouth. But they're still Chuck E. Cheese teeth, and I question the structural integrity of them to actually get through a human throat.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Alva then tells her brother what happened to her. He responds like a reasonable fucking person by grabbing a tire iron and deciding to, you know, solve the problem. Peter, on the other hand, has uh, what I can only describe as a lovely conversation with the side of a building. But in his mind, it's, it's actually his therapist. And his therapist introduces him to the woman of his dreams, literally and figuratively in this case, to which he takes takes back to his apartment. In a sense, he takes his imaginary girlfriend that he picked up from his therapist that he imagined staring Mm -hmm. at the side of a building back home.
1: I've seen that guy having that day and I stayed out of his fucking way. Peter makes his way back to his apartment with a pointed piece of plywood that he pries off of a pallet.
2: (laughs) In another move that I would have done as a child. Eh, You know,
1: if you're going, if you're dealing with vampires, yeah, that would have been 100% my 12-year-old self's move. So it checks out that Nicolas Cage also went that way. (laughs) After getting into a fight and breaking up with his imaginary girlfriend, a fantasy relationship that lasted.
0: Say her name, Sharon.
1: You recorded the name?
0: I just remembered. I, I I'm did a, not.
1: I'm amazed. Right. Anyway, after Thank breaking you. up with Sharon. Thank you. <laughs> at that point, Alva's brother storms in. He finds Peter underneath his couch and plunges the wood piece into Peter's chest, thus ending the <laughs> descent for the vampire's kiss. Dun, dun,
0: dun. And ending our suffering as well which God. felt almost eternal
1: yeah yeah this was this was time dilating yeah
2: can we talk about the fucking couch coffin
0: yeah no i've i've done that before i've 100 percent done that yes uh, it, was,
2: it was like a love yeah. seat right
0: no it was a full couch yeah yeah it was a full couch it was a full, it was a full couch, couch. Yes.
2: So he had it flipped over so that he could raise it up like a coffin lid and
0: had yes. pillows under there to lay on. Sorry, and- Mom. I've absolutely done that to your couch, <laughs> but I think you know.
1: I love the couch as a improvised coffin for Nicolas Cage's character. It's it's a, it's a more clever bit of uh, set design than I really would have expected out of the rest of this movie.
0: Absolutely. 100%. And then when he used the books to make it easier to open and close... Like, oh, you know, night one, it was just raw dogging on the floor with the couch, but now we're innovating.
1: Yeah, you know, he's got little books to help him up. He's got padding in there. He's learning.
2: uh, Learning is an interesting way of describing it. It is is a fun way of playing on his sanity thing of him thinking that he's turning into a vampire when really he's just uh, losing his grip on reality. Yeah. Okay.
1: Before we fully get into that, just a real quick one on that final scene. Why did they give uh, our our hero, not really the hero, but like he's my hero, the brother who storms (laughs) in. Why did they give him a tire iron if he was just going to use it to break a window and then just drop it every other time it would be useful and do something else? He never hits anything with the tire iron. I know.
0: What is he going to do? Fuck up Nicolas Cage's apartment? It's already fucked. Yeah, I mean, it's tore the
1: fuck up. You could have up Nick Cage.
0: I, yeah, uh, but okay. Nick Cage was already trying to kill himself, and he's like, let me help you, bro. Yeah.
2: Right, Nick Cage is laying on the ground with the wooden plank up to his chest, thinking that he needs to be killed like a vampire. And instead of using his tire iron with all of his shit all over it, he uses the wooden plank that he was seen walking around with. It's at least a much more... Uh, it, it's at least a plan he's that's better set up caught, to get away, bro. With it. Right. I mean, Avery. He doesn't really try to
1: get away with it though, because his fingerprints all are are all over the plywood now. And I honestly read that scene as the movie itself going, "Please end me."
0: Hey, because- Dave. <laughs> this is New York City, 1988. If that guy doesn't that's have fair. any priors, even if he does, <clears throat> he's not getting caught. It's 80s New York. Nobody gives a that's fuck. That's
1: fair. We're not dusting for anything but cocaine these days. Correct. But yeah, that's all. Otherwise, I appreciate that the movie fucking got over with at that point. So yeah, let's talk about Nicolas Cage's slow then fast that extended descent from sanity.
0: Yeah, it it was slower and then when then it needed to be, it was too fast when it was fast. It this movie never had the right pace, no, in my I, opinion.
1: I've seen this movie, I think, now three times. This is my third viewing, I think. I'm not sure. Either way, every single time, I realize about 30 minutes in, oh, yeah, despite how much I love this movie for reaction gifts, I kind of fucking hate the story of it.
0: Same. Okay, I had that same, because I was like, I saw this one time, like, maybe five, six years ago, and I just remembered a couple snippets here and there. I'm like, oh. This wasn't bad. No, no. Now I remember it was. But I was also super high, and the reactions were everything.
1: Yeah. I Nicolas Cage's performance, sure.
0: The physical, I guess, air quotes comedy, he is so yacked out of his gourd. Yeah. He is flying. He is flying in this movie.
1: But the actual narrative and, like, storytelling and pacing of the movie, I just hate it so fucking much.
0: Yes. What is what is the tone? Question. The, nothing is concrete. Nothing's concrete in this movie.
2: What do you... Okay, so unrelated but related... What do you think of American Psycho?
1: I, uh, I'm i really glad that you included Patrick Bateman in the plot of this movie, because one of the things I thought while watching it was I really wish I could go to the timeline where Brett Easton Ellis wrote this instead of American Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> because it Are we is... still
0: casting Nicolas Cage?
1: No, yeah. absolutely not. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think he's pulling it off. But yeah, I think this is the same movie as American Psycho. And I think the vampire analogy could have even worked better than American Psycho. Granted, I'm not saying I want to change American Psycho. It's incredible. But like the vampire analogy in that scenario works really fucking well. And I like it. And then they just fumbled it and were like, yeah, it's not an analogy. He's just crazy. Um, And there's still 40 minutes of runtime left. So like, Nick, do your thing.
2: So Christian Bale was inspired by Nick Cage's performance in Vampire's Kiss for Patrick Bateman.
1: I absolutely see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not kidding when I say that they are the same movie. This is just worse in every way.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is like the Aldi brand version (laughs) of American Psycho. Nicolas Cage tried. He tried. He did not deliver what he thought he was delivering and he was not ready for the product he was in. And it just really feels like, hey, I'm a Coppola. There's two Coppolas in this film.
1: Yeah. He really thinks he did deliver. He considers this his best work.
2: I. okay, so hot take. I think I agree with Nick Cage. (laughs) Do you think it's his best
1: work or do you think it's his most Nick Cage
2: work? No, I mean. This is absolutely Pete Cage, for sure. Um, which is interesting that he peaks so young. But but uh, in spite of being Pete Cage, I also agree that this might be his best work. And I think that it, Please, go on. I, I think that people don't take it in the context that he intended it. That isn't to say that the other interpretations are invalid. It is to say that the way that I see Nick Cage playing Peter is... Through a lens of surrealism, he's doing like surrealist, uh, like German fucking surrealism, silent age film shit, but in a in a in a horror, a black comedy, an attempt at a black comedy,
1: and he's calling it German surrealist is giving him a bit more. He's doing Nosferatu specifically.
2: Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. I mean, it, it, when he is stalking through the club. Like the Nosferatu stock, and he has the the Chuck E. Cheese. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. I saw that scene and was like, that is exactly when you've taken too many edibles and then you drank two and it all hit you at once. And you're like, be a normal human. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. 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 Him
2: running down the street, chasing after people, yelling, I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. And them just shooting on the streets of New York City and people reacting.
1: I do love that those were genuine reactions to Nick Cage just running through the streets screaming, I'm a vampire, because they were appropriate and they felt good. But like, come on, man, don't accost random people and put them in your movie
0: with this bullshit. (laughs) Wow, you're really going to hate YouTube influencers when those get invented.
2: The other thing, if you're going to be ragging on him, Jim Carrey does a lot of the same stuff. Bug out eyes, right? Nick Cage but said he's trying Carey's to make his eyes funny. as big as possible. Fair. And Fair. he has a rubber face. <laughs> yeah, he does. But okay, now do you want to see Nick Cage as the mask?
0: No. No, yeah, not really. no, I don't. <laughs> not even a little. Like that's the worst argument. Like Charlie Chaplin does physical comedy. Are they not the same? No, Jay, they're not.
1: Uh, the difference is. Jim Carrey also does dramatic roles really goddamn well. Really well, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage is Nicolas Cage. (laughs) He's Ghost Rider, man. I mean, look, I love anyone who buys a black market dinosaur skeleton because God bless you, sir. You are living out my childhood fantasies.
0: I guess. I don't know.
2: I get it. I get it. I do. Right.
0: So are you going to claim that Nicolas Cage's transatlantic accent was on purpose, like his inconsistency with it was on purpose? Was that part of his meta performance God that you're trying it. to claim?
2: I, I'm not saying it's meta. I'm just saying that I think that he was going for something else. He wasn't no. going
1: for I a realistic d- portrayal. You're, sure, you're correct. everyone it, was. You're correct. It very much was meta. It was intended to be something that he was putting on for affectations with people that he wanted to put on a performance for, such as when he was in his role as a literary agent and he dropped it more often with his therapist. I, I seriously am upset I didn't get the timeline where this movie was made instead of American Psycho and instead we got Nick Cage screaming, I'm a vampire, kill me. <laughs> But, yeah, that was intentional. That was a choice that he made to play up his character it was the varying, terrible transatlantic accent.
0: I don't believe him. I think he retconned that. because Was it the same choice in Con Air when he couldn't keep a southern accent? Yeah, yeah. That's I mean,
2: fair. I just think Nick Cage can't do accents. I'd love for another film with Nick Cage doing a, third accent just so we can really get a palette of Nick oh cage i'm
0: sure there is one i'm sure we probably are gonna find one this month
2: in vampire's kiss nick cage has a couple of um sex scenes or almost sex scenes we say. he doesn't get naked but there is two scenes with rachel the vampire where she because she's got to get naked she's got to get some titties out she wears she leaves her underwear on but she gets those titties out presses them up against him that's how she sucks his blood I'm sure that's how vampires work. I was. They a have tiny boy. mouths
0: on their nipples. <clears throat> sure. Also sure. suck from your lungs.
2: But Nick Cage needed some help to get in the mood in this. And so what they did God to get it. him jazzed up and why you will never, ever see his feet in any shot of those is because they were pouring hot yogurt all over his feet to get him horny at his request
1: over his toes specifically he wanted over yogurt t- poured over his toes during the scenes where he was having sex on screen to help him get aroused and all of the rules that sag has instituted in the last several years are not enough <laughs>
2: what yeah. What? So if you ever have have you ever had hot yogurt over your toast, you don't know that it's not going to make you horny.
0: Maybe Let you me
1: literally pause. Just out. just the words hot yogurt and yep, I nope. am already aroused in a yeah. way I didn't know I could be.
0: My any is a as a closedy, it's a smoothie now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sealed shut. Okay, okay, okay. Let's yeah. hot I need to yogurt. break this down. Hot I got to put this just- into to palatable bites here. Take a, pro- take so a minute. So, why does process, he have to yogurt. be aroused? Why can't he fucking act?
1: That's a Wh- great question. I Why? I'm going to say the answer is because he is Nicolas Cage.
2: Yeah, when you're doing sex scenes, you got to be fucking getting your horn on. 100%. Otherwise, people aren't going to know that Jennifer you're Is Jennifer
0: Beals' boobs out not enough for you? That's what I'm no. saying. Like It's I- hot yogurt. Why does he have to have a boner in the scene for the scene to work?
1: I don't. Here's a follow-up question. Was it worth it, given that you have seen the scene <laughs> <laughs> where Nick Cage was getting That's hot yogurt poured yeah. on his toes? Because I'm going to say, especially with that added information, no, it was not worth it.
0: I was actively not looking anywhere at the screen it's during those It's never been harder for me to not use
1: the skip 30 button.
0: Oh, my God, because every time I looked, I'm like, no, no, I'm into the opposite of whatever that is happening right now. Yeah, you don't want to well. see
2: him giving his vinegar strokes.
0: OK, wait, the one endearing thing Nicholas Cage did in this film was every time he's alone and about to start a conversation with an imaginary woman. Oh, my God, time out. Nicolas Cage rapes the only real woman in his life. Every other woman is imaginary. That he keeps the throughout the movie.
1: might have been real at some point.
0: She was not.
1: For the first, like, rough, for roughly act one, the movie is nebulous about what's real and what isn't. Everything after that, it can't be bothered to keep up the illusion, and it goes on for way longer than it should be. This is a two-act play that has a third act for some reason, but...
0: No, I'm, I am took it as the therapist was always fake. The, uh, there's that's definitely the only, an argument for that, I can say. That's see, sure. the first fake person you see. Then it's the vampire broad. That's
2: interesting. I, I hadn't thought about that, but I don't know that I agree that the therapist. I think the therapist was real because he calls her.
0: Yeah, you can just pick up a phone. Jay, he talked sure. to a wall. Sure. Fair.
1: Sure, Fair. but but every other, no, I'm not going to say every other, every. In many of the other times, we explicitly see him like screaming into a mirror. Oh no, I have no reflection, while he does in fact have a reflection. Right. And when we see him on the phone with his therapist, he's actually having a, per- a conversation, and we can hear her on the other end of it. And it's I I just think it's not. Well, you that can hear at Jennifer Beals
0: talk. You
2: also have the the if she's imaginary. The detail of her having a hot man friend come out while she's on the phone with him and be like, come back to bed, baby.
0: Yeah, no, because it's a a weirdly horny, just like Nicolas Cage, everything else that Nicolas Cage imagined in this movie. Right, but presumably Cage doesn't have access to that. He's just imagining his therapist with a hot dude.
1: It's true. He could be. Um and or also just the movie just feels it necessary to do that in every scene because while he's murdering a woman in the club, it just cuts to another random woman's tits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: They used that clip twice and I appreciated those boobs. They were fan I was like, Man, that lady's got a fantastic rack and they're making good use of it. Yeah,
1: they they got their money's worth. Anyway, out of that's that a that whole
0: extra. ass side argument. The one endearing thing Nicolas Cage does is constantly singing in the shower or right before he's about to talk to one of the imaginary women in his life and he sounds just like Trevor Moore's impersonation of John Williams from White As Kids you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does it. Yeah. Throughout the movie and it's fucking incredible. It absolutely landed. I laughed every single time he did that. That cost on the movie 10 grand. What?
2: Uh, At some point, Cage hums a melody to some composer's song, and they had to pay ten grand for it to license it for the movie.
0: Wow. Why didn't they just dub over it, like, two different notes?
1: The the whole thing was a pretty slapdash operation. It was a non-union production. There's a scene where they had to dub over shit because union members were screaming and throwing shit at them from off screen while they were filming.
0: Wow. You know. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, I put something in my notes. His overreacting is the reason people should get bullied. So I know what I meant. And yes, like if you act like that. Like, you know how like when kids watch movies and then like it becomes their personality for like a week. Sure. A kid watches this movie and this becomes his personality for like a week. You deserve all of the bullying. All of the bullying. Mm, like I see He you. acted okay. like that kid in school where you're like, okay, you got to know that you're kind of bringing some of this. Some of this is victim precipitated a bit. He,
1: he, he very much does give the energy of, I never learned the sharing lesson, um, yeah. which is then not great to do that character and have it sexually assault someone. But, you know.
0: Also, he just felt like, the bad kind of theater kid like there's great theater kids and then there's that like one that takes it too far but not in a commitment way just like in a dick bag way
1: oh yeah sure i'm an outcast so i can't be a dick correct dicks are the popular kids
0: i just feel like he has no pride the way he acted in this film makes me think he he doesn't have any pride and he literally just does things for money or notoriety.
1: The most generous possible interpretation? Yeah, absolutely. It's meant to be kind of an allegory for this vapid role that he fills within society that does nothing. Uh, I don't yeah, I don't want to bring like up American analysis. Psycho too many times, but it's the same fucking movie. So yeah, we, we have spent an extended amount of time talking about Nicolas Cage and his character arc in this, but the main framing device of all of this, the goddamn girlfriend in the fridge of the film, is his secretary, Alva, that he issues horribly escalating torments upon throughout the course of the film.
0: Dude, some of the shit sounded like the things my mom would tell me about her bosses like back in that same time, because dudes could do shit like that.
1: Yeah, 100%. The first roughly half of this film is just the worst bosses that you have heard about from your parents or grandparents, depending on what age you
2: are. Absolutely dreadful people that just trample all over the workers. Yeah. They're shit. Yeah, he, he screams
1: at his assistant. He demands overtime from her. He uh, has chases
0: in- her into a bathroom. Yeah. He chases, yeah. Her, yeah.
1: chases her into a bathroom, screams at his therapist about he, how he's never made a mistake ever. that gave me a flashback to my general manager that launched a printer into a wall.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've all had that boss.
2: Bro, how do you think you're never going to make a filing mistake? filing yeah. mistakes happen yeah,
0: yeah like there's
2: there, there,
1: there's a version of this that's unnecessarily painful for everyone involved because it's a boss that many many people have had and then shit continues to escalate
0: the bathroom chase scene one that one that one got me that he chases elva into the ladies bathroom like down into the stalls Pulls her out of there. There's an old woman in there who's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing in here? What are you about? And at, just least, walks out. Yeah. asks some questions, but walks out and then later is like, hey, girl, you OK? Yeah. No, did I mean, like, ya? yeah, she's did. He <laughs> did you get did he get you? Like, I get that she's old, but like, uh, no bro code. Nothing's going to happen to him, so don't bother reporting it, I guess. I don't know. No. I don't know what her, her, Bro her mindset was. Broke code is immediately
1: was. after that when they cut to a scene of Nicolas Cage and all of his coworkers cackling over yes. him, assaulting his secretary. Did you
0: see my name on the wall? What it's saying? Oh, my God,
1: <laughs> yeah. Honestly, one of the most real parts of the scene. I I One of my first jobs was working at a caddy at a country club for a bunch of horrible old men. These people exist. Yes.
0: Yeah, they're real.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a scene in this movie, and it's one of the better bits of writing in the film, actually. I'll give it, I'll, I'll say something nice in this, like, terrible open face shit scene, which I'm about to heap upon this film, uh, and, and say something nice. There's good writing when they spend too much time setting up that his assistant, Alva, has a gun loaded with blanks, which later in the film... Nicholas Cage puts in his mouth and pulls the trigger to prove that he is a vampire when he does not die. And, dear God, do not put a pistol loaded with blanks in your mouth and pull the trigger. Yeah. This is how we lost Bruce Lee's son. You will still die. Blanks are still fatal at very close distances.
2: They can be, absolutely.
1: Horribly. I just... I hate that you put in so much work getting us to this
0: scene and still fucking got it wrong. I felt that about every scene of this movie. <laughs> it's almost there, but it's not.
1: Yeah, I, I, I 100% see that. Um, and I did feel that way. I, I don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, this movie was almost sad in a way for what it could have been. And I see how they justified it, and then just still got it wrong in the process.
0: It's an over-the-pants hand job in a Walgreens.
1: <laughs> that was all. I'm sorry. I was just really unnecessarily uncomfortable watching him stick a gun loaded with blanks in his mouth and pull the trigger.
0: I immediately thought, "Oh, Dave's gonna yell." I was Dave's screaming. gonna yell. I
1: was screaming in my home.
0: He's begging Alva to shoot him and she's shooting at the ground. And he's like, shoot me, point it at me. I'm like, listen, man, I hope you don't hang out with Baldwin's. Don't say that <laughs> <on them. laughs> oh. don't get on a plane with Dick Cheney. All right. The, the, Jay, you got me fucked up about your claim that this is an actual great performance. So I'm I'm throwing a bit in the tailspin. 1988's Vampire's Kiss. I have to know, intentionally good, intentionally bad, would you watch it again?
2: When you first suggested this, I really didn't want to watch Vampire's Kiss because I remembered it being absolutely awful. And then watching it again, it's long, but it is a train wreck. It's like watching a fucking train wreck. And it's hard to pull my eyes away from the screen. Nick Cage's performance is jarring, and it's constantly it's dynamic and transformative all the time and it keeps me always wondering why and what's going on and so yeah I mean I I think it's actually kind of interesting to watch whether or not Nick Cage's performance is a shit show or a surrealist masterpiece doesn't really matter it's engaging so yeah yeah I'm I'm gonna watch Vampire's Kiss again but Dave what about you would you watch it again Man,
1: at the risk of repeating myself, as I said, this is, I think, the third time I've watched this movie. And I am always shocked at how much I forget about how terrible it is as an actual film. There is just the worst possible Nick Cage performances to see here. And dear God, do you need to see them once in your life? Because they are they are something special. It's a really, really incredible performance but the movie that they are wrapped around almost hurts me to watch. It's so boring. Last week, I praised the efficiency in Con Air in getting through so much backstory in three and a half minutes of admittedly terrible but still expository uh, opening credits. This week, the first two minutes are literal B-roll. It's so goddamn boring, and then Nick Cage does, comes out and does something crazy, and then it's boring again for a while. And for that reason, no, I don't think I'm gonna watch Vampires Kiss again. Oh, though I am gonna continue using it as one of my most frequent searches for GIF replies. That's yes, going to keep
0: always, happening. always.
1: But Casey, how about you? You chose this for us this week <laughs> from 1988, starring a very, very baby Nicolas Cage. Vampires Kiss. Would you watch it again?
0: Firstly, it was starring his fucking unibrow. Secondly, no one, (sighs) I can't believe I forgot how bad this movie was. Or I, again, in my defense, I might have been super duper baked when I watched it. But I remember like, oh my God, he jumped on the desk. That's wild. And just watching it again, it was almost painful. There were glimmers. I, hey, I see what you're trying to do. Do they pull it off? In my opinion, no. Um, special shout out to the mime dancers in front of his building uh, that do the same routine over and over where he slaps her in the face and she spits in his mouth. Uh, that's Amy Stiller and Giles from Frasier. Holy shit. That's all I got. That's all I got. Okay, um, cool. But no, I did oh. not enjoy this. I'm glad I saw it once. I would recommend that everyone watch it once, but it's not sure. something that I enjoyed going back to a second time. Yeah. It, it's VF. a spectacle. Yeah, it's a spectacle, and it's, you know, it's watch it one time. But once you've seen it, you do not need to see it again. Well, that's the verdict. Two out of three of us would not watch this again. Jay is on a lonely, lonely island with just him, Nick Cage and one pair of plastic teeth. And who knows where they're going to go?
1: Don't like that.
0: Next week, Dave, can you save us? Can you save us from what we've done?
1: I think it's just going to be terrible in a very different way. Because, God, there's no good way to say this. Next week, I'm bringing Next. The name of the movie is Next. N-E-X-T. I
0: I don't know what that is.
1: Nicolas Cage, it's Nicolas Cage. can see several minutes into the future, and they chose a terrible generic name for a terrible generic film.
0: Great. Can't wait. That's sincere. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Casey cinema. Like us on Facebook, sh cinema. We paid $50 for a cab ride for you. So, uh, if you want to like shoot us any of that back on Patreon slash shitty cinema or peep, shitty Check the show notes for those links. And in the meantime, let's turn out the lights. Imagine Jennifer Beal smushed her boobs against us. Yes. And get that hot ass yogurt in here, babe.